Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Awesome. Well, hopefully, hopefully you've had a good week, sort of getting into the year, isn't it? And uh, things are underway. The weather's cooling down a little bit, it's, um, but it's a bit too soon for cold weather, isn't it? Need a little bit more warmth. Um, I want to speak today on the spirit of encouragement, and it's a good topic, isn't it? It's not heavy, nothing political, nothing weird, and... Uh, But I've just been feeling the last couple of weeks the importance, the importance of this gift for the body of Christ is just paramount. And it's paramount right now that we shine a light of encouragement to the world, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's, uh, me and the boys, we we enjoy guns. And um, one of the things that we've struggled with in having rifles is sighting, calibrating our scopes. And I'm terrible at it. And so we'll, we'll be shooting and it'll be way off. And because it takes hours of, and I'm not good at this, meticulous sitting and prepping and lining it all up and, you know, having the fake bunny rabbit drawn on a piece of paper and you see where the bully, bullet's going and all this sort of stuff. And, um, but anyway, we decided to do something this week and, and buy a little red laser which goes down the barrel of the gun and it, and it shoots a dead straight beam and you can just literally in three minutes line up your scope and it gets it perfect. Don't even have to shoot a bullet or a bunny or anything. You just, you just got it dead on. And I actually think this is very similar to the spirit of encouragement. It is a gift. It's a gift to the body of Christ and it's one that we regularly need to recalibrate and get alignment on and remember the power of encouragement can never be overestimated. Never be overestimated because it helps us shoot our bullets in the right direction. It helps our words go positive, not off, not off track or negative. It helps us really bring alignment to kingdom principles and kingdom things in people's lives and in our own life. Paul says that in Romans Chapter 12, verse 8, he actually lists off some spiritual gifts and he lists off prophecy and other gifts. And then he lists off saying, but the spirit of encouragement. And if you've got the gift of encouragement, then use it. Well, I want to take that a step further with Paul's own words in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, which we've got up on the screen. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, and he says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And... I have to say that that is a word for us. I regularly see people during the week or at other times just encouraging one another in our community. And it's just such a blessing to see that because it means the kingdom of God is real in our lives. Encouraging one another during the week, a text message or a meal or a gift or just a helping hand or something. We regularly see that and I want to encourage you and thank you for being part of that because it's a very, very, very healthy sign that something good's going on. But all the more, Paul's encouraging us to encouraging, encourage one another and build each other up. 
This is a gift that lifts up, it doesn't tear down. This is a gift that we need in this current day and age. The world needs encouragement. It doesn't need any more discouragement or confusion or fear. We've got enough of that. We need encouragement. And I believe that one of the greatest prophetic acts that we can do as spirit-filled Christians is prophesy through our lives of encouragement. And what I mean by that is evidencing encouragement to one another through how we live, not just what we say. And so evidence is the first thing I just want to hone in on for a minute. It's interesting that uh, we love the prophetic and uh, at the end I'm going to ask some people just to share encouragement over people and, um, and it's one of those gifts that we love and, and it's an edification, it's exhortation and it's lifting up. It's what the Bible says. But I believe there's an even greater way that we can prophesy and that is how we live our lives. How we live our lives. How we demonstrate the power of the kingdom of heaven. The resources of heaven are at our hands. And how we utilise those resources and how we demonstrate the kingdom really pivots strongly on our own choices and our own behaviour. And so evidence is such a key. One of the things that I really want to continue to go for is transformation. Transformation in myself, transformation in my own life, but also seeing transformation in our community. I was sharing with someone this week who's quite influential and uh, in, in, in our government. And I was just listening to the words and I, I was just thinking, my goodness, there is so much need for kingdom people to rise up and be transformers. Be those who transform society. Be those who carry the kingdom of heaven into these realms, into these areas, and who actually bring a spirit of encouragement. It's so easy to tear down, it's not easy to lift up. It takes a little bit more courage to encourage than it does to discourage. And we actually have to remember who we are. Christ is in us, remember that. Christ is actually in us. One of the things that... I find interesting about the Holy Spirit is in the New Testament in Greek, he's often referred to as the paraclete. That's one of the, the original words, if you like, for Holy Spirit. He's called the paraclete. It means the one who comes alongside us or the encourager, the one who's right next to us to lift us up and encourage us. Interestingly enough, it's a, it's a similar word that's used for those words, encourage. Therefore, encourage one another. And so we can actually see that when we operate in a spirit of encouragement, we're operating in the Holy Spirit. And Paul actually says in, in Galatians, live by the Spirit. So to live by the Spirit must mean we have to be encouragers. Because one of the key traits of the Holy Spirit is to come alongside us, lift us up and encourage us or exhort us. So if we're not exhibiting that in our lives, then we need to ask ourselves a question. Where are you, Holy Spirit? Where are you in me? Because I want to be like you. And to be like him means to listen to his voice. And his voice will generally bring encouragement. He won't bring discouragement. I don't know if you're like me. But um, one of the interesting things about hearing the voice of God is, and you, I don't know, this could be a random thing. Have you ever noticed that God speaks in your voice? Have you ever noticed that? Maybe, maybe he's got an American accent for you or Irish for Liam at the back there, or English for some of you, Poms or South African or whatever it is. But, but for me, he actually speaks in my own voice. And it's just a weird little thing that goes on in my head. But 
He is very personal. He is very personal. He comes alongside us as one we can relate to. Not as some almighty grand thing with old English, New King James, you know, or old King James language, because to be honest with you, that's only been around, you know, a few hundred years before that. What was it? You know, so he talks in current language. He talks in a language you can understand and I can understand. Probably in an accent you can understand. I mean, for the Persian guys, I'm sure you hear him in Farsi, right? You hear the Lord speaking in Farsi. By the way, I'm preaching there uh, on Saturday night. So if you want to come along, the whole church family is invited this Saturday night for the Persian church. And I maybe you maybe can't cater for everyone, but... Um, Anyway, come along if, if you want to come along. It's going to be a great night. And these guys do such a good job, by the way, of... Uh, yeah, give them a round of applause. Where was I? Evidence. Evidencing the kingdom of God. Evidencing the kingdom of God. I want to just say this again, that I actually believe that one of the disappointments for me, if I'm honest, and I believe the body of Christ in the prophetic movement is this, is that we've heard a lot, but we haven't seen a lot. We've heard a lot of words, a lot of prophecies, a lot of things, moves of God that were going to happen or maybe going to happen or did happen or about to happen. It's interesting when people say, you know, it's a, God is about to move and do this. I'm like, what's he doing? Is he waiting? You know, I, it's an interesting thing. Don't hesitate. If he's telling you that, say it. But, but it's always got me when I'm thinking about it. But, and I'm not putting this movement down because, you know, we love, we love the prophetic voice of God. But I want the pure prophetic. And the pure prophetic means we delve into it and we question it and we have a good look at it. And we say, okay, what is of the spirit of the Lord, not just of man? Because plenty of people have given soulish prophecies over time that have never come to pass. And we need to be wise and look and go, well, that, that was just maybe pizza last night speaking. Or Cocoa Pops this morning speaking. It wasn't of the spirit. It was just a nice thought. There's a difference between a nice thought and a spirit-anointed word. I read an article uh, in the last couple of weeks, churchleaders.com. I probably shouldn't even read this because sometimes they can some of the things that we love and do. But anyway, I like to be challenged. and, And they were saying that your synthesizer is not the presence of God. And I thought, whoa, that's, that's pretty good. Because, you know, when the, when the synth, now we don't even have a synthesizer. <laughs> but, you know, call it whatever you like. When the music hits that certain note where it's just like, ooh, here's the presence of God. No, it's not. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit, He is a person. He's a real person. And you know what? In underground churches in China, they probably haven't got that same note on that synthesizer to usher in the presence of God. They just rely on the Holy Spirit. And so it's interesting what we sell ourselves, isn't it? Sometimes in modern Western Christianity, we call it the presence of God. It's got nothing to do with the presence of God. Even the lights and the bells and whistles and new toilets and beautiful tiles and, you know, toilet basins. I've been admiring toilets like never before in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I am fascinated by toilets. Ask me any question, I'll tell you. Dimensions, the whole bit. It's got nothing to do with with why we're here or what we're doing, has it? Absolutely nothing to do with it. And yet there's so much fanfare made out of this stuff. I was reading another article this week. I'm going a little bit off track, but I think you're with me, so I'll keep riding this train. (laughs) 
that mega churches in America are struggling to find replacement pastors for the these you know the long-standing old guys who have been in the seats. They've now retired. Some of the boomers who have set up mega churches they can't find people who want to fill those shoes because they don't they don't just want to sit in and and be part of the regime and and uh, be structured and you know all of that stuff. There's sort of this there's a new move of of um, be it millennials or just, just above, which is what I'd fall into, just above that category, who don't want that traditional form of just having to take on someone else and do it the standard way, but actually want to pave the way, do something new, do something authentic, relevant, maybe smaller campuses so we can touch and feel each other and get to know one another. And it's interesting, isn't it, how dynamics change over time. But even none of that's got nothing to do with the presence of God. There's so much of that. There'll be books written about different movements and now we've got to do this in church and now we've got to have that strategy. All the strategies are good, but even that's not the presence of God. And so there's so much time and energy that we will consume doing peripheral things in and around the presence of God. But the key is about a man. Jesus Christ, who is a person who loves you, he loves me, and he gave us the Holy Spirit, when he ascended into heaven, he said, I need to send you the advocate. I need to send you a piece of the Trinity of God, a piece of God who is God. And he's going to be with you. He's going to be a comforter. He's going to be an encourager. He's going to be one who comes alongside of you in time of need. And some of you, maybe you're going through some rough stuff this morning. That's when you need the presence of God. You, a synthesizer's not going to help you this morning. But the presence of God will. You know what I mean when you're going through a tough time and, and someone sort of says something, one of those Christian cliches or corny things, and you go, that is not going to do it for me today. I need something real. I need a person who's going to help me. I need a God who's going to step in. I need the Word of God that's truth, that's a sharp sword, that's actually going to cut through the depression and the anxiety and the fear and the heaviness and the chains, and it's actually going to lift me up and I'm going to see heaven. Because heaven is at hand. Heaven is at hand. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. Heaven, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Chuck Swindoll said this, We are all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. I'll read that again because it's a great quote. We are all faced with a series of great opportunities. He's being sarcastic brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. When we are facing impossible situations or whatever the trials of life are, because we all have them, every person in this room has trials, different seasons and trials that we're going through. They are opportunities for heaven to bring solutions in our lives. It's when faith is tested, isn't it? In those trials, in those struggles, all those, all those quotes, all the worship songs, all the stuff that we've sung, all the prophecies that we've said, all of a sudden, the rubber's hitting the road. What are we going to do with it? Now do we believe in the presence of God? Now do we believe in, in, in the glory of God and worshipping and all that good stuff? When we're faced with the trials is when we're really, really tested to see what are we made of? I've found it interesting, as I've said before, I'm doing some mentoring in business. Um, and funnily enough, right over from Perth, a CEO in Perth, right through to a, another CEO in northern Queensland. So right across Australia and, um, and then some others in between. It's interesting, the, 
you're talking to CEOs and you see CEOs and you think, wow, they've got suits, they've got a lot of money and they're doing this sort of stuff. And it's fascinating. The reason they've contacted me is partly, and these are, these are guys, you know, who are in business. They're not necessarily Christians. And, um, but in my profile, one of the things that I've been quite, kind of overt about is, yes, I can help you in business and I'll, I'll you know, encourage you and grow your business with you, et cetera, et cetera. But also, I'm a pastor of a church. And it's an interesting take on, on the kingdom impacting the marketplace. And I want to encourage you, don't think you have to necessarily give everything up just to become a Christian pastor or missionary or whatever else it is. Part of our prophetic destiny as kingdom believers filled with the Spirit of God is to impact this world and you'll do a whole lot more impacting out there than you will in here. It's just one of those funny things. But I'm finding these CEOs are actually contacting me because there's a need in their life. And they, I, think, I think there's still a little bit of trust in the, in the church. Would you believe that? The, Australians still trust the church. Don't believe all the hoo-ha, the wah-wah-wah. Actually, Australians do trust church. They trust pastors. And, and so I've had four people contact me in the last few months, CEOs of companies, very successful companies, saying, well, I'd like you to come in and, and, uh, and help. And I'm sitting there going, well, I haven't preached the gospel. I haven't even said I'm a Christian or anything like that. But they've sought me out. I know why, because there's something in their life that they want. There's, there's someone <laughs> that they want. These are very successful people. And so it's interesting How many opportunities out there are waiting for you as a little anointed one? A little anointed one. You know, Jesus is called the anointed one. And we're little anointed ones because he's anointed us. He's anointed us by the Spirit of God to bring good news, to bring encouragement. Think about how many opportunities there would be in this room you know, multiplied by the different opportunities in the next month or so that we have, kingdom opportunities to prophesy who we are by how we act, to prophesy the kingdom of heaven by how we conduct ourselves. The world might be in chaos. There might be discouragement around us. There might be fear around us. But we have a resolve in the kingdom of God that isn't shaken. We will not be shaken. It doesn't matter what you thought of Donald Trump's State of the Union speech. Whether you liked it or didn't like it. I said I wasn't going to get political, didn't I? Someone, someone was just feeling me out there. I could feel it. I could feel it. I'm going to say I loved it. I'm just going to say I loved it. Because there's some things there that he said that I've never heard a president in any country, let alone the United States, say. So I just want to put that out there. Let's just say pro-life, even if that's the only thing we agree on. My goodness, what an amazing thing for a president to stand for. And we pray that our prime minister would do the same and other politicians. But you know what? We can do that. We can do that. How we act. The kingdom of God is in us. We are little anointed ones. I want to read from Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. This is Jesus' words. If you've got a red-letter Bible, then you'll know this is the words of Jesus. He says this, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
I have struggled over this passage for years. I mean it. I've, I've read it. I've read it in so many versions. I've tried to look at the original and I've tried to work my way through it and, and actually ask the Lord, what are you really saying in that? What are you really saying to me as a believer in Christ when I read those words? I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He's saying this to us, the believers, his disciples. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is saying, I will give you, you, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in. These are powerful words. And let me finish everything I want to say on this today. And that is, don't ever question your authority. Don't ever question your authority. Because these are the words of Jesus. And if the enemy's in your voice trying to tear you down and pull you down and say, you haven't got a voice, you haven't got skills, you haven't got talents, or you've stuffed up all of your life and now you're going to start to be some prissy little Christian telling everyone what to do. (laughs) I have given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. These are powerful words. Jesus Christ has anointed you. He's called you to do great things, to bind things, to loose things. He's actually given us authority. Why? Because we're little representatives. Or another word is little ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven and we are to represent the king well. And that means tomorrow morning, even if you have to have five coffees, do whatever you have to do to represent the king well. Garana's pretty good too, you know. It helps give you a bit of energy. <laughs> it's natural. It's natural. Don't, don't fear. I'm not endorsing Red Bull. I was into Red Bull for a few years. I'm sorry. I love the stuff, but I've got off it now. So do whatever you have to do to represent the king well. Because there are opportunities waiting you this week. There are opportunities. There are people. There are openings waiting for you this very month. That your fingerprints, you have the key. They're yours. They're your opportunities. They're not mine. They're not anyone else's. You can't look next door and say, hey, you take that one. No, it's you have the passcode. Only you have the passcode to break that key because it's the kingdom of heaven in you. You are an anointed one. You are called to bring good news. You are called to do good things. And a spirit of encouragement, I believe, is one of the powerful things that us as the church, we sometimes have forgotten about this thing. And that is to prophesy through encouragement prophesy through encouragement to who we are. When we're seeing situations and, uh, you know, around us and maybe uh, different opportunities, you know, there's, there's chaos and there's things going on. You can be the spirit of encouragement in that situation. And I want to encourage you, when you do that, you are prophesying greater than if you could just bring a, a so-called prophecy to a person, as much as we love that. Because it's one of those inherent natures of Christ to be an encourager. And we have Christ in us. Colossians 1.27, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the hope of glory, the hope of glory. He's the hope of glory because we need encouragement to remember that we have hope. The world needs to remember that there is hope. How? Christ in us. We are little anointed ones to bring good news, bind up the brokenhearted, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, 
Do the works of Jesus. All of these things are difficult to do. And I feel like I've only scratched the surface a few percent of Matthew chapter 16, 19. I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Or Luke, Luke 10, 19. He says, I have given you authority. I have given you authority. Trample on snakes and scorpions. I mean, this is, this is big declarations of Jesus, our saviour, telling us, his disciples, don't be downcast. Don't be shy any longer. Don't question his power on your life. Don't question who you are. Don't question, am I good enough? Do you know what? None of us are good enough. So if you think like that, you're in very good company. Not one person here outside of the grace of God is worthy of salvation. Not one person here is worthy of the anointing of Jesus Christ. But by the grace of God, we're all worthy. He has made us right with Him. And we're now righteous in His eyes. So He now says, your sons and daughters, and I don't just want to leave you there, but while you're on earth, I want to give you keys to use. I want to give you authority. I want to give you power. I want to give you influence. I want to give you a spirit of encouragement which will prophesy about the kingdom of heaven coming because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I am coming soon. That's what He says. And if we have that stirring in our spirit, we realise, wow, we may not have much time. We may not have much time. So we've got to use our time wisely. Use whatever influence you have for the kingdom of God, whether it's writing letters, writing emails, sending text messages of encouragement, knocking on people's doors, baking cakes, doing whatever it is. All of that is prophesying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. One of the greatest ways I believe we can do this is when there's a bit of fear or negativity around because the enemy feeds on that. He feeds on that and he just he loves to brew it. Have you ever noticed in a situation that starts out quite small and, uh, and you think, oh, okay, that was a small scenario, but then someone's mentioned it again and rightly so we we talk about things and someone's mentioned it again and and then we begin to brew on it and then someone else starts thinking oh hang on oh yeah right so now there's a multiplication effect of that thing and and it's getting amplified it's getting amplified and so it's sort of kind of working against each other and then if uh, you know before you know it this one little thing, which really was only a minor thing, has become a bigger thing. That's what the enemy does. He feeds like a hyena in packs and he multiplies negativity and death. And, and so we've got to look out for that in our lives and in our situations, maybe in your work situation. You can actually identify, wow, this situation needs a spirit of encouragement cut into it. And you can be that sword, that mouthpiece that just says, hey, hey, hey. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Stop listening to that stuff. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong. Don't listen to fear because here's the truth. Here's the truth. And you'll have plenty of scenarios. I bet in the next few months you'll have plenty of scenarios where you can be a spirit of encouragement prophesying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But you won't even say those words. All you'll say is, hey, 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 it's not that bad. Don't worry. And you'll be prophesying into the situation and everyone will go, oh, you're right. It's not that bad. Actually, what are we all worried about? All of a sudden, you've brought the kingdom into that situation. You've brought the kingdom into that situation. And it happens in all realms of life where we can be the peacekeepers. We can, bring the, we can be the bringers 
of the kingdom of heaven into little situations and big situations. If we're faithful in the little situations, he'll give us bigger situations. And as we carry a spirit of encouragement into this world, into our situations, our families, I know university is a really, really tough one. Uh, and I was talking to someone the other day and they was, uh, I was just saying how a lot of our guys are at Flinders and, and he's like, oh, Flinders, yeah, that's one of the toughest, you know, as far as liberal thinking and some of this stuff. And, 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 I'm, and this is a guy who's very influential and, and uh, it, it got me thinking a while ago and, and I thought to myself, well, I'd like to get into Flinders. And so this year I'm doing mentoring at Flinders for entrepreneurs And you'll be amazed what God will open up for you if you just try. You'll be amazed at what God will open up for you. And it's one of those things that he'll actually encourage you in your gift. Every single one of you is gifted and talented and anointed of the Lord to do his work. Whatever it looks like, it's yours. It's not mine, it's yours. And we need you. We need the army of God rising up in their gifting, in their callings, silencing the enemy, not worrying about all the fear and the, and the anxiety that's going on. I mean, it's, it's full on out there. And, and I know we have a lot of psychologists uh, in training here, so I've got to be careful sometimes what I say because I'm going to get some things wrong psychologically. But um, anyway, we all do. Uh, but in reading Dr. Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, I, I realised something that he said was very profound and uh, he said that when, he, when someone comes into his office and they might have anxiety, uh, it's normally about something little, like I was saying. That's where I got that analogy from. And he said, then it's like a microphone and a speaker. And he said, what happens is the, the anxiety is a little one speaking into the microphone, but then it feeds back into the speaker and, and then it keeps going. You ever heard that squeal? We used to have it a lot in church. We don't have it so much anymore. Uh, we've got suppression systems to stop that. But, um, but it's, you know, that, that big, big, big meowing thing. Well, that's feedback. Well, that's just this, hearing this, and then that, hears that. And it just keeps going back and back, and it, and it expands, and it keeps feeding back on itself, multiplying, amplifying. That screeching sound gets amplified more and more and more. Well, that's what fear and anxiety is like. That's what the enemy's like. So sometimes we've just got to stop our mind and stop our world and our situation and say enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough negativity, enough anxiety. And even if you're shaking or you're on the floor or whatever it is, enough is enough. I'm not going down that track any longer. I'm feeding off stuff that's not even there anymore. And it's just feeding back and feeding back and feeding back. And that's when you've got to stand and you've got to stand on the Word of God and say, no, no, that's, that's not going to get hold of me today. That's not going to ruin my day. That's not going to ruin my week. And every single person in the room has the power to do this. I know there's different conditions and things that are real and absolutely are uh, things that people have to walk through. But I believe this is one of those things that the Bible talks about. Stand firm. Even if you've done everything you do, just stand because we can all do that. Just stand, steal your mind, put on worship music, go for a 10K run like I did yesterday. I'm telling you, it's the best therapy you can ever do. It's, it's incredible. It detoxes every cell of your body and you get out everything. You know, I pray when I run and I, I'm just praying and I, I'm able to just filter out stuff and get rid of stuff. And, you know, I spit and snore all the way and I just you know, clean out my whole system. But it's kind of a prophetic act of me just cleaning out. You know what I mean? And um, anyway, so we'll leave that for another time. 
We'll avoid the details. Encouragement is essential. It's not a, it's not a choice. It's actually an essential trait of every believer. Every single believer who has the Spirit of God inside of them, I believe Christ in us, the hope of glory. The hope of glory is the greatest encouragement we can have. If we have Him in us, then we need to actually evidence the kingdom using this spiritual gift because it's a spiritual gift. And if you don't know Jesus today and you're sitting here and you're just trying to make it all make sense, then I want to let you know it's very, very simple. All you have to do is say, Jesus... I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and I want to live with you. It's all you have to say. You don't have to even respond to an altar call or anything fancy or, you know, do anything. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. We never went to an altar call to find our life partner, did we? (laughs) But sometimes we think we have to go to an altar call just to get saved into, into the church or into something. You know, we're so systemized sometimes. It's a relationship. Christ wants to live in your life. He wants to get to know you. He wants to show you His love and His power and His presence and, and then give you His advocate, Holy Spirit, who will help you and encourage you and exhort you and be alongside of you. Let's stand this morning. Just close your eyes. If you don't know Jesus and you're here this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to get to know him. It's very simple. All you need to do is just ask him into your life. I can help you with that this morning. Very simple, very easy. Most of us in this room have done that with our lives and it it begins a journey, a relationship with God. With God. The greatest relationship we can have here on earth. And so if you're here this morning and you don't know him, I want to ask you this question. Will you form a relationship with your Creator? Will you ask Him into your life? Will you allow Him to change your life? It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And with every every eye closed this morning, I want to just give an opportunity. You don't even have to come down the front, but I would love to just pray with you. We're all going to just pray a a general prayer. But if you want to invite Jesus into your life today, right now, then I want you just to put up your hand really quickly. And then we want to just pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you or do anything like that. But just slip up your hand and we want to pray with you this morning. We're all going to just pray a general prayer and you'll get to know Jesus. If there's anyone here this morning, I'm going to wait a little longer. Just feel to. I think it'll be great. If you can muster up the boldness just to show me your hand. If I haven't seen it yet, then just wave at me and I'd love to lead you to Jesus, the greatest relationship you're ever going to have. I sense there might be a couple of people. So what I want to do after the service is give you the invitation to come and say hello to me. That's all you have to say. Just say hello and I'll know what you mean. And, uh, and we'll pray together, and, and I want to introduce you to Jesus, if that's an easier way. I don't, I don't have to have techniques or methods. It's about a relationship. And so, Lord, we thank you today for your goodness. I thank you that you are the spirit of encouragement. I thank you that you are the one who comes alongside of us and helps us, and lifts us up out of our miry clay and shows us heaven, shows us your goodness. Lord, I pray that you would mark us as prophetic people 
who evidence the kingdom of heaven in greater and greater ways. I pray that you would open influential doors for many here. Lord, that you would prosper us. You would allow great things, great things to come in this year, Lord, that you would open doors, that you'd open opportunities, relationships, promotions, and things that we could not open in and of ourselves for your glory. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand what it means to have the keys to the kingdom of heaven, to bind and loose, to have authority as your kids here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.